Good evening, everyone. Hold that thought. Welcome to those online and on Facebook to our Encounter Church Wednesday night Bible study. Tonight we begin in our next book, the book of Mark. It's going to be real interesting, so mark your calendars, so to speak. And uh, tonight we're going to learn a little bit about what the book is. It's kind of an overall thing, and we have just two or three questions we want to ask everyone a little later. John Mark is the accepted author due to his close relationship with Peter and the stories he records and writes in the gospel. Most scholars believe it was written anonymously. Mark was also a follower of Jesus, but would likely have only been in his teens when the Lord was in Jerusalem. He may have seen and listened to the Lord on occasion, according to the scriptures. After the resurrection, as the Savior's message was beginning to spread, Mark traveled with the Apostle Paul. The main message of the Gospel of Mark is that Jesus is the Son of God. The book teaches that Jesus came to earth to die as the sinless Son of God. The Gospel of Mark focuses on the last week of Jesus' life and his death in Jerusalem. Mark's Gospel stresses the deeds, strength, and determination of Jesus in overcoming evil forces and defying the power of imperial Rome. The central theme of our Gospel of Mark, as we begin tonight, is the same as the theme which runs throughout the whole Bible. And that theme is about the good news of the kingdom of God in the hands of Jesus Christ, our King. And the Gospel of Mark... Most of Jesus' miracles occur in response to human need, if you notice. A woman is sick, and she is healed. Mark chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. A child is demonized, demon-possessed, and she's delivered. Mark 7, verse 25 through 29. The disciples are scared they will drown. The storm is still by the Lord. Mark 4, verse 35 through 41. I imagine they were scared. They're on a big sea out there, and the boats back then were probably made out of wood. <laughs> probably scared the heck out of them. Anyway, Jesus came and stilled the storm. And also, there are several parables we'll learn in the Mark's Gospel as we go through it each week. Parable of the church and wineskins, which is Mark 2, 21 through 22. Parable of the strong man, Mark 3, verse 23 through 27. The parable of the sower, Mark 4, verse 3 through 8. And the parable of the lamp, Mark 4, verse 21 through 25. 
parable of the seed that grows itself. That's interesting. That's Mark 4, verse 26 through 29. And the parable of the mustard seed, a familiar one for us, which is Mark 4, verse 30 through 32. And you might ask, so what's a parable then? What is a parable? A parable is an apparently simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, to teach a great truth or to challenge the heavens to change their own behavior, challenge the hearers, change their own behavior. It's also a short, simple story that teaches or explains an idea, especially a moral or religious ideal. It's a parable. And as we go forward from tonight in our different lessons on the book of Mark, what are we going to learn? Let's think about that. What are we going to learn as we go through the book of Mark? Mark's gospel is a narrative proclamation that Jesus is the Messiah and Son of God, whose death and resurrection paid the penalty for our sins and achieved victory over Satan, sin, and death. That's some of the things we can learn as we go through the book of Mark each week. That's why it's kind of important to stay with us and listen each week to what we're going to learn from the book of Mark. The Gospel of Mark has a clear purpose to convince readers that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen to that one. Mark gives us a picture of Jesus that is fully human, yet what? Clearly divine. He's human, yet he's divine. Mark's Gospel gives us an unvarnished picture of Jesus' disciples, chosen by Jesus from among the common people. The disciples, as we notice, were hardly model followers. They made mistakes like all of us. We see them being what? Fearful, self-centered, ambitious, and often just not getting it. How many times can we say we just didn't get it through our spiritual life, through our walk with Jesus, and we just didn't get it? And it says, in the end, they even deserted him when he faced his darkest hours. Yet in these highly imperfect people, whom Jesus entrusts, his, these people who Jesus entrusts would bring in that gospel to what? To all the world. Praise God for that. Now, over here on the next page it says, as the story unfolds, a number of themes emerge as we read in the book of Mark. First of all, Jesus has authority over all demons, physical ailments, the weather, even the law. Now that's the truth. God has in his word for us. Jesus has authority over all of it. He, demons don't have authority over us. Jesus has authority over the demon. All physical ailments, the weather, even the law. Boy, that's a good one to talk about this week. <laughs> but it says it right here. Jesus has authority over the law. The kingdom of God turns the values of the world and established religion, what? Upside down. And it says, Jesus affirms people not for their power or position, hello, but for their faith. Many of these considered least in society are what? Greatest in the kingdom. You think of this lady, uh, Mother Teresa. What a woman of God she was her whole entire life. Yeah. Really something. Jesus' disciples are far from perfect, hands raised. <laughs> Yet he forgives and remains faithful to them. Isn't that nice? That when we screw up, we have a, a Jesus, a Lord, who remains faithful. That doesn't mean we look for opportunities to screw up. 
It just means that he's there, he's faithful to help us and cover for us. Following Jesus, here's something we need to think about, especially these days, may lead to rejection, persecution, and even death. But thank God, with Jesus, we have what? Eternal life. One split second after we leave this earth, we step into his kingdom for what? All eternity. So all this junk we go through down here isn't really worth it. Feels like it sometimes. Feels like the devil's hitting with everything but the front door. But it's not worth it. Jesus has eternity in mind for us. And it says, uh, Jesus' disciples are to what? Take the good news to the ends of the earth and to remain alert. Here's a good one. Remain alert. Why? Ready for his return, which could be tonight, tomorrow, any day. He could come back very, very soon, especially with what's going on. But it says we're to be alert. Alert means alert to the word of God, alert to what Jesus asked us to do as we follow him. Amen? Now here one, this is number one. It's kind of a question, kind of not, but we're going to go through this tonight a little bit. As you begin this study, what questions do you have about Jesus? And think of that, you folks online and Facebook. You can contact us. Pastors always receiving these messages from you guys. So as we go along, join in with us. As you begin this study, what questions do you have about Jesus? And what do you hope to learn or gain from this study? Okay. Anybody here got an answer? I'll ask it again. <laughs> what questions do you have about Jesus? Any questions? Anybody? Okay. Did everybody hear that one? Give it, pass her the mic so we could hear what she said. What questions do you have about Jesus? a deeper study or engage more in the book of Mark. Mm-hmm. Amen. And what do you hope to learn or gain from this study of the book of Mark? Leith, you have something, buddy? What was that? The stu- yeah, we're going to study his word. That's important, isn't it? Anything? Brother Bob? Pass the mic to Brother Bob. It's one thing to. Is it on? Yeah. Good. Good. I think I'm on. <laughs> Once we come to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Yes. Every single born, true born-again Christian will have this desire to know more and more about Christ. Praise God, yeah. This is what the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him. How are you going to know the Lord? How do you get to know the Lord? You walk with him. Exactly. Day in and, and day, day out. out. 24-7, 365. Amen. And then you talk to him. You talk to him 
in prayer. Believe it or not, I talked to the Lord as if Dave and I would get together. I talked to him as a friend. Yep. Yes. But once you get to know him, you can do that. But you you must follow on to know the Lord. Yeah. He's a good man to get to know, too. <laughs> Pastor Ernie. Pastor. Uh, Sister Riddle said uh, her hope is to become a better disciple. Amen. That's a good one. Praise God. Pastor, uh, I mean, I'd like to add to that. Paul said they not, that I may apprehend. Mm -hmm. In other words, I want to get all that Christ has for the same reason. I want to apprehend Christ. I want to know about him. The same reason, for the, for the same reason that he apprehended me. Yes. And so, said it's a lifetime thing it's not just for a while it's not for a season right when you encounter christ you have a, re a permanent relationship with him uh, until you are taken out of this world by death or yep. by rapture yeah <laughs> i'm glad you threw that in there yeah. <laughs> Ernie, I, I think something we really can get is we get a refresher on who jesus is because yeah. there's so much misinformation Oh, a boy. lot of people of what they believe about Jesus, yeah. they've seen yeah, on the greatest story ever told, or they yeah. believed it on TV, or they've seen these things. They don't really get an accurate representation of who Jesus really is. Yeah. So now they make commercials like these. He gets his commercials, which are nothing like Jesus, but it sounds great, but nobody knows because they don't know who Jesus really was. Right. And the scripture uh, is a way for us to keep acquainted with who the real Jesus is. Exactly, amen. And, and you might ask, well, why do you guys go through book after book after book? Because there's something different in each book of the Bible. Exactly. There's a different, different regu a regulation, there's a different revelation of who Jesus is and what he does from each of their viewpoints. They travel with Jesus, they were his disciples. And so that's why we go through all the books, because there's something good, something different in each book. Okay. Number two, to you personally, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Yes, ma'am. Um, oh, give her a mic. I want to hear Okay, that's good. Um, but to this question, I said that um, to truly follow Jesus to me is to deny yourself and to take up your cross yeah, and follow him um, and following his teachings and his commands as closely as you can. Amen, sister. That's good. All right. Anybody else? To you, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I left my book at home and I didn't <laughs> want to walk back across, but I, I can't remember that I said to live life according according to what he would have taught yes sir and uh, -huh. uh i know that sounds like like an easy answer but basically live your life every day and remember those old braces what would jesus do uh when you can literally read the scripture and you can know what jesus would do or a good guideline and that's my goal is to get as close as possible um to his example as i can yeah amen that's what we all need to do get closer to the lord you're tuned in listening tonight. That's very important. Get closer to Jesus. You might be going, the devil will try and throw everything at you, but the kitchen sink, and in my case, it was a sink too. 
But anyway, you try to get close to Jesus because the enemy is going to try and wedge something in there and turn you away from Jesus. So we need to get closer to him day by day. Anybody else got anything on that one? Yes, sir. Brother Ernie, the reason we must get to know the Lord is we were without hope one time. Yep. And, and, and God reached down because of Christ and saved us and delivered us from sin and wickedness of this world. And now anyone that has uh, been delivered and been saved and been given eternal life through the work of the cross of Christ has got this heart of his that's filled with an uh, once you get to know the Lord you 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 want to know more and more about him. Yeah. But then you share Christ. This is what it's all about. We, we must share Christ. I yep. pray on a daily basis. Lord, use me this day. Some way, somehow. Let me be a blessing to somebody. What, what the Lord did for me, it would be sinful on my part to keep it to myself. I must share Christ. Amen. And all must share Christ. Yes. Amen. Very, amen. Very important. For anybody else have anything on that? What does it mean for you to follow Jesus? Yes, sir. Pastor Ernie, uh, if uh, we're going to follow Jesus, I believe that uh, we need to emulate him yes. as much as possible. Bless David. Yep. Amen. Uh, Amen. To uh, obey his commandments. Yes. Uh, to uh, try to pattern our life after him. Yep. Uh, of course, uh, nobody's going to fully succeed in that. I, I know that at least I'm not going to, but I'm trying. <laughs> and and, and that, that's the whole one is, is to daily try to progress and improve. Yes, in Christ. Uh, that's you know how we get to know Him. Sure. Is uh, knowing His Word. Amen. Amen. If we know His Word, we know His expectations. Exactly. You know, he showed, the Lord shows us for some reason. Somebody would say, you know, later on in the book of Mark, the disciples have a, a disagreement of some kind, and they split. And you might say, well, why talk about that? Well, the thing is, that's so that we can take a look at ourselves, because a lot of times you see splits in churches, dis disagreement between brothers and sisters, and the world looks at that and says, I don't need that. Why do I want to mess with that? So it's so important that we keep Jesus as our focal point and what he did for us and what he says for us to do. Even if the devil's trying to throw in stumbling blocks, we need to keep our eyes on the master yes, because other people, are watch, other people are watching us and they're seeing how we live our lives and they say something like, well, I don't want that. He's yelling at his wife all the time or she's yelling at him all the time, that kind of stuff. Or somebody's uh, gambling too much, or somebody's whatever it is, and they point a finger and say, "That's a Christian." Well, I can do that and not be a Christian. So it's important. Jesus is our focus. We need to keep our eyes on Him. 
daily, like Brother Bob said, daily walking with the Lord. It's a daily walk because I got news for you. The devil's out there daily trying to disturb your walk, trying to change what you're believing. Praise God. Okay, I added a couple little questions of my own because there wasn't too many on this first chapter. Okay, the Gospel of Mark can be divided into two halves. Who knows what those two halves are? What are they? The two halves that the Gospel of Mark is divided into. What are they? Okay, uh, again, Pastor Robin, I admit. The first betrays Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Mm -hmm. The second, his ministry in Judea and Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Amen. That's the two things that the book of Mark is divided into. Good question. Yeah. Now, here's another one. Who did John Mark travel with when they returned from Jerusalem and headed to Antioch? Who did he go with? What was that? And who else? Barnabas. Barnabas. Saul and Barnabas. That's who we traveled with. Okay, who did Mark accompany on their first missionary journey? Who did he go with? He called, uh, he went with, anybody else have an idea on that? Two people he went on his first missionary journey with. With Mark? Yeah, who did he go with? He, he goes uh, with uh, Paul and Barnabas. Yes, sir. And he deserts, and so Paul didn't want anything to do with him for a long time. Uh, amen. Praise God. I think Mark also traveled with. He did. Yeah, he did. That's he where the gospel is. Yeah. yeah. That's actually where the gospel comes from. Mark is the first written gospel. And mm -hmm. it's the reason it's, it doesn't have everything everybody else is, is he's basically reporting what Peter told him. That's correct. As we go on, week, the next week and the week after that, what do we hope to learn and bring into our hearts from these studies, from the book of Mark? And we studied uh, other books, Galatians. What are we hoping to gain from that for our spiritual lives and our walk with Jesus? What are we looking for? When we study these books, what do we want out of them? What I want is, uh, I want to see something I've never seen before. Yes. <laughs> Me too. You know, uh, it's like, I'm sure we've all had that one movie we liked and we watched it two or three times. And every time you watch it, you see something that you didn't see before. Exactly, yeah. And, and uh, that's the way the Gospels are, or the whole book of the Bible. Yeah. You'll see just a little nuance, uh, and you'll say, hmm, makes you wonder about something. And then you go look it up, and, and yep. you start doing some digging, and then you find out something. You find a little nugget there that you never yeah. knew was there. And yep. most of the time, we read right over things, you know, uh, we don't even take the second thought, you know, we just go right over it and we miss it. 
several times before we actually find the nugget. Yep. And uh, so that should be all of our uh, desires to find something we've never seen before. And how many have made hospital visits? Someone asked you to go to a hospital to see this person or that person, whatever. And when you got there, you didn't really know what to share with them. You didn't have scriptures that you bring up out of your heart to deal with them. You pray for them, which is fine. But isn't it a lot better when we study enough to know that when we go visit the sick, we have what they need from the Lord? Because yeah. it, sometimes it's a little uh, testy. How many have been on hospital visits and you go there to visit one person and pray, you end up visiting somebody in the next bed or the next room? Yeah. God opens doors like that all the time. It's important. Yes, ma'am. I was going to say that. I'll pass the mic to her. <laughs> Mr. Stacy. Oh, we got this question. Oh, okay. I was going to say that um, each time I come to a Bible study or a service, I ask God to open my eyes and my heart to his word to what yeah. I might not have understood before. I remember years and years ago, I had read a scripture multiple times, probably hundreds of times, about um, Judas betraying Jesus. And it was like God just opened my eyes and said that it was one of his closest friends. It wasn't a stranger. It wasn't just a mere acquaintance. It was someone close and dear to his heart. Mm-hmm. I had never thought of it like that. Yeah. And he was preparing me for something that was going to happen to me in about three weeks' time. We need to come expecting God and, I don't know quite how to say it, believing that he will give us what we need for our particular place in life, what we're going to be dealing with in a few weeks, what's approaching in our life. Yeah. Because, you know, you never know. This yeah. time last year, I would have never thought I would have lost my dad. You know? Mm-hmm. But it happened, and he prepared us for that. See? And he will prepare us for that, yeah. and he will open the word to us, but we've got to open the book to look at the word <laughs> yeah. in order for him to reveal it to us. Amen. There was a, a six-week video series that I've done several times by Tony Evans, called The Names of God. And when you look at each of the names of God and the strength and the power and the anointing that God has in his own names, it really gives encouragement. helps to strengthen your walk. Because sometimes we we think the devil is the one that's strong, getting away with this, getting away with that. But God is all-powerful, whether it's Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikkanu, Whatever name that we find is the name attributed to God and Jesus. That's where our strength lies. And we need to spend more time just realizing how powerful is the name of God, the name of Jesus. The devil wants to keep our attention on what's going on in our own lives or what's going on in the world. But what's going on in heaven? We have a Savior and Lord who has all power and authority. Amen. It may not look like it all the time with what you see going on in the news and so forth, but we have the strength and the power that God has given to us. He gave it to Jesus, each of the disciples. We're no different. 
We have the anointing and the strength and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, King of Heaven. So we need to grab a hold of that and be strengthened and encouraged in the Word of God, encouraged in what He will do for our lives. Amen? And Pastor, do you have something to share real quick? Are you in? Huh? Are you in? Not ended, no. Oh! I don't. <laughs> oh, you mean from this? Well, pretty uh, yeah. Yes. That we'll start to reach out to other people. Yep. Uh, even if it's a Bible study in your home, if you're able to bring bring these things back, that everyone will become strong to the point where they become leaders. Yes, uh, exactly. Lead other people to Christ and lead other people into faith. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Uh, so that's and you want you folks out there listening? You're in the area. We have a good pastor here that God gave us. Amen. 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 That. Uh, Pours his heart out every Sunday. And, uh, you don't believe us? Watch the videos. That's right. Watch the videos. I do. My wife does. So, uh, be bless the Lord for that. He's given you a, a good pastor with a good heart that wants to love everybody and bless everybody. Yes. So, if you're in the area out there, come on and see us every Sunday morning at 11. Wednesday night at 7 for our Bible studies here. Yep. Now, Anybody, before, next week we're going to really get into the beginning of the book of Mark. So anybody else have any questions starting out here before we get into it next week? No questions? Okay, sister. This doesn't have anything to do with the book of Mark, but my question is, what responsibility do we as Christians have of who we elect for a president? Oh, Ouch. I'm going to look to pastor for this one. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. It is a good question. <laughs> to be honest, we're working on a segment with that with the media team, kind of like ask the pastor, like ask the pastor a random question, and he just has to answer right off the top. Um, we're prepared to do that, but I guess that's kind of the point. Um, what we would look at is, as far as the presidential election, because it is coming up, God ordains government. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 13 tells us to obey uh, those who have rule over you and that authority is good. Uh, God is a king. He's theocratic. Uh, but in this instance, when the Bible is written, when you're interpreting the Bible, you always have to remember several things. Number one, what's going on when it's happening? Um, what kind of things were happening in that time? They had a republic. Uh, mm -hmm. It was called the Republic of Rome. Yep. We now live in the Republic of the United States. Most people say we have a democracy, but we do not. When you put your hand on your heart, you say, into the Republic for which it stands. We have a democratic Republic is, is the actual term. Well, as Christians, what we are required to do, and there are many schools of thought. Some people will say Christians have no place in politics. I would take issue with that because all throughout the Bible, prophets are talking to kings <laughs> and, and they're, they're in the affairs of government. And as Christians, we are required to let our light shine wherever we are. Yeah. Now, we also have to realize that it is God who raises kings up and it's God who takes kings down. So whoever is the president at the time, that's who God wanted. <laughs> 
That, and, and we have to realize something. If it's not your candidate and you don't like him, he's there because God wanted him there for some reason. And sometimes God raises up a leader in judgment. Yeah. Remember what he said? Yeah. I wanted to be your leader, but you wanted a king. So I'm going to give you salt. <laughs> so not every leader that God picks or allows to take the stage is not is not necessarily the one who will obey him and do what he wants, but all that stuff works together in history. So long way around, as Christians, because we live in America, we have a unique opportunity where we can express our opinions and things like that. And this is what I tell people. I don't endorse any political party because God doesn't endorse any political party. What, I, what my belief is is to teach people the Bible, Look at platforms. Every, every party has a platform. Everybody has a platform. And then you vote your biblical conscience. There you go. Amen. And, and, and that's all you can do because despite the millions of people in the world, you get one vote. What I do not suggest is Christians losing friends and family and getting on Facebook and becoming obnoxious and arguing yeah, right. about things. Because at the end of the day, love, love is, is the key point that you love people. There are people in this church from all walks of life, from all ages and stages, colors, different political backgrounds. Everybody believes differently, probably politically, but what holds us together, the glue, is the gospel. Yeah. And you also have to realize that some Christians, their convictions are different. Paul says, this brother eats me, he's fine. This brother, he, it, it eats him and it tears him up. Somebody else could might not vote Democratic or Republican for some reason, it doesn't bother the other person. It doesn't bother their conscience, or they might not see it a certain way. And so you have to realize that everybody doesn't see everything the same way. So what I would say is the responsibility of the believer is to pray. Take yeah. your Bible into the ballot box. That's what I say. Yeah. Take your Bible into the ballot box. Don't take your social economic status. No. Don't take your skin color. Don't take where you came from. Take your Bible into the ballot Amen. box. Now, everybody's going to vote their interest. I know I can say that to the cows come home, but if you're not getting enough money or whatever the case may be, we tend to vote our self-interest. But Christians, we're taught to be selfless. Yeah. And we, we're governed by the king of kings. And so our voting should line up with, with our conscience and our faith. Yeah. Uh, other than that, after that, you leave the rest to God. That's yeah. him. He's sovereign. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it like a water course. So when we get into these silly arguments about this, God's going to raise this person up because this person is good, that's silly because sometimes God is saying you're godless and I'm going to judge you exactly. by leadership. Yep. When you go to the book of Judges, um, the Bible says that each man did what was right in his own eyes. How did God judge? Uh, when you look in the book of, uh, of Judges, there's a woman leading. Yeah. Yeah. In a Jewish culture, yeah. that's a judgment. That, is, yeah. Judge that your men are so weak, I have to go get a woman wow. to do what I need to do. And he ordained her. She, she's, a, she's, she's leading the people. And here is this grown man, grown smelly man saying, I won't go into battle unless you go first. <laughs> So sometimes leadership, what God raises up, can be judgment. And so we have to get out of that monolithic mind. I know I've gone way into it. Uh, <laughs> but the, at the end of the day, take your Bible into the ballot box. Right. And then leave the rest to God. Yep. That's all you can do. Yeah, And that's important because there are things that 
we can't just be blind to either. There are things that are going on that are definitely of the devil and not God. And we have to take those things with us in the, with our Bible in the voting booth. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think God would want us to vote for anyone who's living under the, the devil's rules and regulations and nothing good and hates God and that kind of thing. So he does give us the ability to look at that angle when we go to vote. And Pastor Ernie, I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. My brothers and I came up at two different decades in the same place. So there were two different worlds. How we view the world is starkly different. Yeah. But we all love Jesus. So sometimes we'll get into debates at home amongst ourselves, and when it gets to the point where, where we're in the car, and me and Lawrence and Clance are in the car away from everybody else, if it, if it starts to get a little heated, we'll just change the subject. There you Why? Go. <laughs> because we love each other more <laughs> than the other go. part. We'll, we'll debate to the cow come home. That's what we do. But if it gets to the point where some, we feel like somebody getting personal, it ain't worth my brother. Amen. I love my brother. Who cares? There's one vote for a person I never meet. Vote your conscience. Yeah. Be quiet and love people and don't yeah. judge people by right. who they vote for. Stop going around saying you a, you're not a Christian because you're a Democrat. Oh, I can't see how you can be a Christian and a Democrat. I can't see how you can be a Christian and a Republican because Christians do dumb stuff all the time. Amen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Stop judging and start loving. Amen. That's good, Pastor. Yeah. Anybody got anything else on that issue? That was good. Thank you, sister. Brother, that's her birthday present. She child's in trouble. Oh, <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, the sir. The reason we're here. Grab your mic. The I think reason we are here uh, engaging God's word is because the word tells us to study. That's not talking to any group or any particular person. He's talking to all Christians. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Yeah. Why do you need to study? The Bible says that when you're out there doing what you're supposed to be doing and witnessing for God, that, that uh, you must have a, a, a reason to give a mm -hmm. reason for the hope that yeah. And how can you give a reason for the hope that is within you unless you walk daily with Christ and study his word? Mm -hmm. Amen. I, for one, am not ashamed to wear a hat right there in front. It says Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel oh, of Christ, God. for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Amen. I don't, I can confront anybody. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. And the reason for that is I learned a long time ago is when you begin to speak to somebody about Christ, you better invoke the Spirit of God to give you the words to say. Yeah. And Jesus told his disciples, you know, when the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God will tell you in that self, self moment what to say. Yes. And you, if you are under the anointing and you you want the Spirit of God to minister to, through to you, the Spirit of God will make sure that it's, what is said touches that person's heart. 
Mm. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. See, that's why I, I, I study. I, I study. Do I study enough? No. I need to study a lot more than what I'm doing. Yeah. I spend hours and hours preparing my lessons each year. And then certain subjects, subjects grab me. And the pastor knows. <laughs> At times, I will call him. I need to talk to you about this this particular passage of scripture. But it, 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 blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for the seven Amen. Let's continue to hunger and thirst for the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that goes with the fact that uh, some of our training in special forces was we had a manual on how the enemy thinks or what the enemy's going to do. And after Hell Week, that's another story. After Hell Week, we studied that survival guide, every point in there, being that'll keep you alive, it'll keep your team alive, or whatever. And our survival guide is the Word of God. It is, you know, we study that, we study to show ourselves approved, because otherwise, you know, it's like in Special Forces, if you don't know any of that, guess what? You're not going to last very long, especially in the jungle or out in the field. So it's important. This is our GPS. It's our survival guide. Amen. And it's Amen. really important because I have seen so many Christians lately that are disillusioned. They're thinking about quitting going to church. Nothing's working for them. Prayers aren't getting answered. Well, maybe some of those prayers weren't supposed to be answered. And the devil wants to get you off track and get you concerned with what's going on in your life. Sometimes it's not easy, you know. When you're going through things, but it's good. This, our survival guide is our the Word of God in our Bible. We need to dig into that and pray. And we're all part of a team here. These are good people God's given us for this church, and we need to start praying together, believing God together. If you know a brother or sister that's going through something, pray with them. Give them some encouragement and hope, because the enemy likes to get them aside and get them alone. And then he likes to unload on them. I know been there, done that. So it's important for God. It's important for our walk with Jesus, our victory, to do that. Amen? So anyway, folks, uh, if you're out there listening tonight and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you know what? There's nothing like it. We're talking about an eternity once your heart stops, the final time you step over into eternity. It's going to be one place or the other. And like John 3.16 says, that he came and he died for us on the cross. And we accept him as Lord and Savior, and we have all eternity to rejoice in heaven. So if that's you tonight, right here while we're on the program still, bow your head and pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. Is everything perfect? No. Your life may not be perfect, but your eternity will be. So you want to give yourself to the Lord. Let him guide your life, and people will help. If you contact pastor, he'll invite you here, or he'll pray with you on whatever you need. So do that tonight. And we want to have a prayer just before we go. So Lord Jesus, thank you tonight for giving us these study guides, the book of Mark, all the ones we've studied so far that pastor has given to us, we thank you for them, Father. And anyone that's listening tonight that's hurting and going through stuff, let them turn to you 
for their answer, for their eternal reward, for their place in heaven. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that's you tonight, do us a favor. Contact through email, through uh, Facebook, our pastor, and let them know that you asked Jesus into your heart. And then contact us. We'll send you something. If you need a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. If you need fellowship, we got that amen. for you too. So, uh, amen. Yes. Pastor, you want to close this out? Sure. Okay. Let's give Brother Andy a hand. I think it's okay for right now. Uh, we got just a second, so I'll ask, does anybody, got to take these off, we're listening to the stream, uh, and that gets loud. Uh, any random question, anything anybody wants to know about anything about the Bible, just uh, one person firsthand gets, gets the question, anything that you'd like to know, just uh, ask the pastor, what do you think about that, Sister Worf sparked something in me. Anybody? Not? Yeah. Says the face of people who want to go home. All right. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Very good. Um, but for those of you who are online, uh, send us your questions. Uh, if there are some random questions that aren't even pertaining to the Bible study, we do want to know them. You can send uh, an email. You can send us by live stream or you can send it to connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T at encounter360.org connect at encounter360.org send us your questions and we'll be glad to either answer them here or in a segment that we're going to be working on later thank you for everyone who came please be praying for uh sister lane uh tammy went home to be with the lord uh but i will be remiss today uh can i tell them how old can i say how old yeah can i say how old Okay, she said, I can. Sister Worf is 90 years old today. <laughs> and she is here in, in our church, and she is a blessing to our church. Sister Worf, you're a blessing. You really are. And we're, we're grateful that the Lord has graced you for 90 years, and I pray that he graces you with many more. I pray a lot for a long life for our seniors. I want to hold on to them as long as I can. Uh, so that's, that's one of my prayers many, many times. You guys have been a blessing to us. They want to sing happy birthday, and I think that's in order. Let's, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday.